Thank you for joining us for this episode of NDFB Straight Talk. I am your host, Seth Essenson, and I am sitting here with my esteemed co-host, legislative liaison, Mrs. Emery Melhoffs. Is it younger brother? Yeah, younger brother. Younger brother. Younger brother, Ezra Grotberg. And we are, what would you say, are we about six miles southeast of Wimbledon? Yeah, it's about it's about ten miles southeast. Yeah. Sure, just kind of right sure. in the middle of nowhere, like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Unless I suppose you're Fargo, Bismarck, Minot, Jamestown. You got got a few of those, you know, around here, so we can uh, get to town, get to get to Walmart, wherever it is, and get what you need to get, and get back to uh, to God's country. And boy, I tell you what, this is a absolutely beautiful country. I, I spent a year in college at Jamestown, my my first year. Oh, so okay. I, I I mean, I was. Coming back memory lane down Highway 20, and yep, every yep. single time I've ever been down, I always took a right to head to head into Jamestown. Never, never went left. Never right. went left. So here I am. I went left today. You guys have absolutely beautiful place around here. Um, you've got a wonderful sister who's been a huge help to NDFB. So thank you for sharing her with us on on her behalf. I understand your dad's got some history in Farm Bureau as well. Good, good Farm Bureau family. So excited to talk to you. Um, tell us a little bit about the the farm here we're sitting at. We're sitting in a beautiful Morton building, beautiful office, wood wood paneling, beautiful day. <laughs> he should be out working, and somehow his sister talked him into uh, to sitting down with me here for 15, 20 minutes. So go ahead and take it away. Tell us about your family, please. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I guess myself, I would be a fourth generation farmer. Uh-huh. Um, you know, dad's dad's done a lot of work to to build the farm to where it is today, yep. and. Uh, you know, it's been a joy to, to just get to work alongside him mm-hmm. and the rest of the family. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I guess I went to college for business administration and yep. wasted four years, in my opinion, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah, it doesn't do you much good out here, but well, you um, had a good time. Yeah. yeah. P- people tell you that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And, uh, um, you know, but then, yeah, after that, I, I came back on the farm for about a year and then I, uh, um, I moved out to Buffalo near my in-laws to uh, try something a little different. Mm-hmm. Just in, uh, I, st- I was, I kept farming, but I got in the sea business a little bit. Yep. Got to meet, honestly, probably thousands of farmers and, um, you know, probably met more people than I ever sold any seed to, but I uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. You yeah. know, it was great just to meet people. Absolutely. Um, but now I'm back here farming full time and, yep. uh, and loving all of it. Great. We were talking earlier, a lot of the land around our area seems similar in, in that we're, we're really in the thick of that prairie pothole region, right? Yeah. Uh, ton of cane sloughs, um, ton of sloughs, ton of potholes, ton of water around. And there's actually uh, a few bills in the legislature that in essence work to clarify how that process goes. But as, as somebody who boots on the ground for the lack of a better explanation, um, maybe, maybe talk about the land that you guys have out here a little bit, kind of give a picture, um, as to what it looks like, some of the issues that some of those potholes and those sloughs present for that soil and what got you interested in, in tiling as a, as a potential solution mm-hmm. for, um, for some of the problems that that water causes. Yeah, for sure. You know, I guess the best way I would describe our ground to other farmers is, you know, it's just, it's the kind that you don't really fall asleep in the tractor because you're always going around something, right? you know, right. Um, there's, like you say, there's a lot of potholes everywhere and that leads to problems with high alkali ground and just, right. just some tough ground. Right. Um, not all of it, of course, you know, obviously we got 
we got good ground too. Absolutely. Otherwise, beautiful. we wouldn't be here, right? But right. Uh, um, you know, I think what led us to tiling the most is looking at all the spots we weren't farming mm-hmm. or have tried to farm mm-hmm. and said, you know, if we're going to put money anywhere on the farm, right. let's let's put it towards the, the ground that we already farm or own right. and try and improve that. Right. And, I mean, I think financially, that's probably the first interest, you know, as for most sure. things, for sure. More bushels. Yeah. More bushels is more money. Right. Absolutely. So it's the it's the common sense aspect of it, the, the increased profitability, not having to, to feel like you have to go out and purchase more land when you've got it right there in your backyard. And there's really just an issue of, of water. So your dad is, and yourself in the operation have been tiling for a few years now. Yeah, so, Go ahead so and tell me how that that started and how how that looks and and where you guys have gone from there. If you if you work with somebody specifically or if you're doing it on your own, for and, sure. Yeah. yeah, yep. So so we we did our first tile project with a neighbor. I want to say a decade ago. Yeah, and uh, he came out with his equipment and we basically installed it with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good experience, you know. And then we had a ten year gap, and and we actually we bought a tile plow and bought the cart and the and the technology to go with mm-hmm. it just actually last fall mm-hmm. and and uh shoot you know we probably put in two hundred thousand feet of tile wow. just last fall yeah and uh um so i mean we were crazy busy mm-hmm. learned a, a lot in a short amount of time mm-hmm. and, and and there's a lot more to learn but you know it uh honestly as a farmer planting's probably the best season but i yep. put tiling right there next to it right simply for the fact that you're making things better you absolutely know? you're improving it um it's really the ultimate conservationist and i think when you're a generational farmer or rancher for that matter you really have that mindset that you want to leave things better than you found them if there's any way possible that you can do that so just another example of of farmers and ranchers making the best of what they have continuing to improve um, from an ecological standpoint being true stewards of the land. I mean, truly, if the only issues that I've ever read of potential runoffs um, would be would be the nitrates, and 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 really, um, as a farmer and or rancher, you should be managing those nitrates to where it's not an issue where you're flushing them down the toilet. You know, yeah. The, the well, drain anyway. it's interesting that you bring up the nitrates because you know, while I haven't done enough research to make a, an argument against uh, a lot of people, one thing I will say is that if you look at water samples that have been pulled in a lot of local areas, I don't remember what the, the safe nitrate Drinking number quality. was. Yeah, Drinking whatever quality that water. is. Yep. Absolutely. And it's it's like, I want to say three is the number, and, I can't, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's 3% or 3 whatever it is, mm-hmm. but a lot of areas actually don't have enough nitrates from what I was reading right. and, and what um, a lot of people that have a lot more experience than me were finding out as well. And so one of the things I want to do this summer is do nitrate tests and figure out where we're yeah. at simply for the fact that, you know, I mean, that water coming out of that pipe's a lot cleaner than the water that's coming out on top of the pipe. Absolutely. So, I, And I, controlled, I, yeah. w- I would say as well. Yeah, you know, very The controlled. rate is controlled. I mean, the beautiful thing that a lot of people, I think, and myself included, is we really don't have the issue of needing to tile. There are some areas where potentially it, it, it might be something worth taking a look at in, in our specific case. But one thing that dawned upon me was you also have the ability to hold water if need be as well. Um, so you can, you know, you can kind of switch it with that and, and it can go both ways. So when you say hold water, what are you talking about? So I think there's, there's certain tiling operations 
operations that I believe actually you, you can just, um, you know, you, reverse process. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah so you're right. A hundred percent, you know, obviously for us up here, that's not really something. That's not what you're looking to do. That's not what we've looked into doing. Right. I do know that down South and stuff, they do do right. that. Right. You know. Very. Um, I, I, I don't know the technical term for it. Right. But, yep. Right. So, um, question out of curiosity, do you folks have a lot of the U S fish and wildlife easements <laughs> through here as well? Yeah. You know, a lot of people do. They're all over the place they are. up here. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, they're a problem, you know, Especially for, for the person that didn't get the check for, for auto steer, right? They're a yeah. problem for auto steer. Yeah. 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 My auto steer. Yeah. The automation is, uh, is in our future. Right? The, the fish and wildlife deal is, is overwhelming on the surface. Yeah. Um, just looking at it. Mm-hmm. But I think once you actually get down and, and you get your guy out and yeah, he's going to come out and mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have a gun on his hip and like try it. You know, they, yeah. they're just, right. it, it's a little bit like, you know, this is way, way right. more than it should be. Right. right. But, but, uh, I think once you kind of work through that, meet process. that person and, right. and they're easier to work with than you, than you might think up front, yeah. it's intimidating, but yeah. I mean, we've had them out multiple times, yeah. um, to the tune that they've, um, helped us out quite a bit, which is great. You guys really took this on. Um, you said it was last year. Yeah. What was the biggest thing you took away from that experience? Just grabbing the bull by the horns and saying, we're going to do this. You know, just honestly, the the biggest thing was, again, what I said is, is what's the funnest thing is just improving the ground. Right. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in, in doing things that are going to um, pay you back. Right. And well, my dad would be more of the expert on that because yep. he definitely writes a lot bigger checks than I do. Um, <laughs> that's all right. You'll, yeah, get, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll take my time. That's yeah. fine. The, uh, just, just the opportunity to maybe see a return on your investment. Absolutely. In, in, in a near future, especially, you know, looking at potentially a pretty good year. Well, right now the prices are good. Yeah. You know, and, absolutely. And as farmers, we don't like to admit when things are good. Right. You know, but I think, I think they can fair. always be better, right? <laughs> yeah. They can always be better, but I think it's fair after the last two years, you right. know, we can, we can say things are good right now. It's been a nice little run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely has. And you guys are diversified on my way up here. I saw a herd of beautiful black cattle, um, <clears throat> had, had to ask and, um, yeah, part, part of the family, um, Emery's involved out here, uh, Caleb's involved. Um, and so just tell me a little bit about how it looks, you know, on a, on a family operation day to day. Yeah. I mean, on a day to day, I tell you what, you know, all the cattle credit, I don't have anything to do with that. That's all yeah. Caleb's deal. Yeah. And I think he does a phenomenal job. Oh, they're beautiful animals. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone does more research, um, than he does on, on he's, a lot of things. He's good to know. talk to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, yeah, just uh, on on the farm, you know, it's, uh, I, I guess I haven't been on enough of other people's farms to say, uh-huh. but I would imagine they're all kind of the same, you know, we're right. all, we're all working to reach the same goal. And, yeah. you know, we've got, um, one full-time hired man and then yeah. pretty much the rest is, is family. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just get up in the morning and, and try and just hold on to everything till who, springtime. Yep, absolutely. Who was the gentleman that was apologizing? Does Emery do book work? Is that what she? Yeah, is that, so is that part yeah, of her role? Emery, Emery's always always cooking the books, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, she's a, uh, she does a really good job with that. Takes that off uh, yeah. um, uh, a lot on Dad's plate and mine as well. And, yeah, um, really has freed us up to uh, um, get out there and make hay, right? Yeah, right, right. 
So any other brothers and sisters? I think I met one sister that is currently working down at the Capitol. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I hate uh, Let's see. There's nine brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, so 10 of us total. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, right now uh, a couple college age ones yeah. and um, that'll one's here right now well actually they're both here one's graduating and then uh, they'll they'll both take off and Mm -hmm. who knows what the rest of them you know but yeah you guys got us beat i uh we were probably i mean there was a few we got five in our family and i think we're spread out 14 years or so Mm -hmm. how about you guys how are you how does it you know it's pretty i I don't know the total years but everyone's pretty much within two and a half years two and a half years or so yeah. yeah Yeah, big family's nice. Yeah. You got plenty of plenty of folks to, to to fall back on and rely on, and plenty of good hands out here when a guy needs a hand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time. I know you guys are busy. I noticed the the, the fertilizer plant out there is loading trucks, and and yeah, you guys are spreading right fertilizer now. today. You ready to go? Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, you know we're so ready. Honestly, if you're looking to get good information on tiling, Hefty's down in South Dakota. Hefty yeah. Brothers actually are probably the one of the best resources because they mm-hmm. they do a lot of their own tiling and uh um i was just actually well, i was watching online their deal on tiling and uh great resource for people looking to learn yeah just a, just a really good resource and i mean honestly it's just really for us it's just been kind of drinking from a fire hose but i think yep. most farmers are set up Mm-hmm. to do their own tiling like mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. really the only major purchase that we did was get an excavator right you know but not everybody has to do that right you know that's uh that's probably really good advice take take the bull by the horns as as caleb and i would say right yeah right right <laughs> well i can't tell you how much i appreciate the time i'm gonna let you get back to it thank you so much um any dirt you want to share with uh with us and our listeners on 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 emory any funny story <laughs> any anything we need to know uh you know she was always in charge of everything <laughs> when when we were growing up um so you know she she made me promise not to not to tell anybody any dirt probably back when i was 10 so <laughs> you, you know. you're still keeping your promise that's a good brother i i really appreciate it again thanks so much for your time ezra and that is going to do it for me today thank you to my guest ezra for joining us to discuss his experience with drain tile please stick around for pete's one minute pause followed by my co-host emery's interview with senator wanzik On today's one-minute pause, I'd like to talk about a topic everyone hates, and that is taxes. Humans have learned to demand goods and services from their government. Legislators have an obligation to pay the state's bills, including the bills for needed things such as roads and bridges. Our human nature has also tended to make us believe that we need all kinds of tax breaks and abatements. The problem is, every time one person or one group gets a tax break, somebody else has to pick up the slack. It's a no-win situation for everyone, and we're all guilty of it. Because, we all know, the only good and fair tax is the tax that someone else is paying. This is a perennial public policy debate, and there's really never going to be a good answer for it. Unfortunately, we can teach a person to fish every day, and the general public will always vote for free fish instead of fishing poles. It's an American problem. It's a problem in any democracy. This has been Pete's One Minute Pause. 
Hello, this is Emery Melhoff, your North Dakota Farm Bureau Public Policy Liaison, and I am sitting here with Senator Terry Wanzik. Terry Wanzik is our resident expert on tiling and on farming. He is a longtime senator from District 29, and he's here to chat with me today about subsurface water management. Hi, Terry. Thank you, Emery. Uh, I don't know how much of an expert I am. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if you ever heard the definition of uh, expert. It's a drip under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I do have some practical experience. So um, we were just looking at a map and a picture of Terry's farm. You just farmed straight south of the Windsor exit. Is that right? Our farm location where I grew up is uh, only a mile and a half south of Windsor. Yeah. And you said that you're a country farmer gone to the city? Yes. I often joke uh, with people. My wife and I moved to town now and um, that I'm a city farmer. And then I followed it up with a joke. You know, the definition of a city farmer, that's a farmer who has the liabilities out on the farm and his assets in town. (laughs) Oh. Although that's not quite true. <laughs> I spend a lot of time at the farm. It's my one of my more favorite peaceful places to be. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about all of the um, tiling that you've done on your farm and why you started tiling and, and the improvements that you've seen from it. Well, you know, I think back in the 80s and 90s, uh, we really didn't see a reason for tiling, never hmm. really knew much about tiling. And Weather conditions were extremely different. I mean, there's a lot of areas that we farmed through, no problem, never had an issue that today are basically underwater. It was when the wet cycle started. You know, I started attending some uh, conferences and seminars put on by NDSU and other experts, but mostly NDSU, you know, started paying a little bit of attention and inquiring about what tiling is. And I think It actually, in my view, subsurface tiling is different than what most of us initially think it is. I used to think, well, tiling, you took a pipe and you stuck it into the slough and you drain the slough underground through the pipe. But that's not really what you're doing. You're not necessarily draining wetlands. You're managing your subsurface water levels, trying to provide a nice balance in oxygen and moisture in your soil to provide a healthy plant. So what does it look like to tile a field? And then what are you actually doing when you go in and you put your tile in? Okay, another another way to maybe help people who do not know much about tiling is to remind them. Uh, most of us have seen a plant maybe purchased at a uh, greenhouse or mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at a floral shop. You notice a lot of the plants you buy have a pot with holes in the bottom of the pot. Yep. And the reason for those holes is if you overwater your plant excessively, gravity will help take out the excess water to make sure that the roots are not being oversaturated and uh, that oxygen you know, can replace that excess water. And that's kind of what you're doing with tiling. You know, you're Mm -hmm. trying to find that optimum level of moisture in your soil that also allows oxygen. Without oxygen, you know, your plants can't grow healthy either, you know, Mm -hmm. and without moisture, they can't. Obviously, they, they will not produce much it's more or less managing that water, and these these are things that I learned by going through the conferences and seminars uh, that NDSU has put on over the years. So, so we were just looking at a picture of one of your 
quarter sections. Yeah. And right in the middle, there's this, or actually, I guess it's a little bit to the south. It was but a yield map. We want to make sure people understand it's yeah, a yield map. a yield map. And there's like this big red spot where you were getting 30 bushels an acre. We're talking about corn, corn here, yeah. right? 30 to, to, to 80 in that area. I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are farmers. They know exactly what we're talking about, but we can't assume all of them are. Right. You know, a yield map, typically the darker the red, uh, it's a poor yield. And when it gets dark green color is top yields. So in this area, that was mostly, you know, soil that it took a while for it to ever dry out under natural Mm -hmm. methods. There were no wetlands on it. It gets seeded every single year, but it's just kind of wet, uh, heavy clay or a soil, you know, heavy uh, soil that takes a lot longer to dry out. And uh, when when we harvested it before we tiled it, a lot of times you would see more kochia growing in that area and, and stunted plants. And that, mm. that's what the picture I showed you before we tiled indicated what the overall quarter yield was and showed where those spots were. I mean, you could almost take that yield map and give it to your contractor, or if you're going to tile it yourself, you could go by that yield map as to where the tile needs to be placed. We looked at the before, and then that was 2015, and then we looked at this year's or last year's? No, that that was actually one year apart. That okay, was 2015. Wow. We tiled it in 2016. We had soybeans on there, and I could have shown you the soybean yield map too, which already showed improvement. And then the the after map I show is uh, 2017 when we put corn on there again. And we actually, if I remember right, we averaged over 142.5 acres, which it wasn't a full quarter. Conveniently, there was a waterway that kind of cuts off in the corner that allowed us to, by gravity, to run our discharge uh, for our tiling into that land. But there was approximately a a yield gain over all all the acres Hmm. on average, 36 point some bushels per acre. So, you know, even at $3, that's that's over $100 more an acre in gross revenue uh, Hmm. with with, uh, current prices. Yeah. You know, hundred to hundred and fifty dollar gain. And and actually there was more rain when you looked at end on sites around that quarter, you know, to kind of determine uh some might say, Well, yeah, you didn't that your your soil dried out and you no, know, mm-hmm. we actually had on average over three to four more inches of rain. And the other year of course was not it was a it was an adequate year with adequate rain. It just happened that the, the year, the second picture was during the year that we got pretty strong rains. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's something that is hard to appreciate unless you live in the prairie pothole region right. where we have good soil, but the number one inhibitor to productivity is the water situation. Right. And it's really interesting to hear you talk about in the 1980s, we didn't really have much need to tile because we were in a, a drought, we were in a dry cycle. And it's interesting because our neighboring states, Minnesota and Iowa, they were tiling like crazy and they took care of all of their low spots. But then some a piece of significant legislation happened in 1985. Is that correct? The Swamp Busters That's Act? That's correct. Yeah. I wished uh, my, my grandfather would have recognized the value of <laughs> grain tiling and would have done yeah. more of it, but that wasn't the case. And I mean, where we've been able to, I mean, we've been able to work th- mm-hmm. through it and work with the NRCS and get approval and and do some uh, legal 
legitimate tiling, and it's been very beneficial. I have more maps I could show you like that. Yeah. You know, we every year we try to do a little bit of tiling, uh, at least a quarter or so, and then try to pay for it and slowly are trying to enhance the productivity of our land. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that producers get um, and that we've gotten on our farm as we've been tiling is, what about waterway contamination? That's a concern or a perceived concern that the public has. What would you say to those who are concerned that we're contaminating waters by tiling our fields? Let's let's talk about the contamination that's actually happening before we tile. The the picture I showed you of that particular quarter. Listeners, if we could try to create that image in their mind, it I mean it's sloped in the direction of where we have the outlet going into the to the small creek in the northeast corner. And before that land was tiled, that soil typically would be so saturated that very little rainfall could soak into it. When we'd have a a heavy rain event, most of that would run off and run down that very spot where we ended up outletting the tile project. Hmm. So you know, as as it's uh, rushing over the top of your soil. And that's another thing I noticed on a bell curve uh, with NDSU's uh, seminars they put on. They show a bell curve in those situations when you get a, a rain event like two and a half, three inches in, in the course of, a, of less than an hour, uh, the water rushes downstream. And in most cases, probably more water. The bell curve spikes up real fast Hmm. and then it drops off quicker where with tiling it comes much slower and it's a longer tail of course i mean it drains slower and Mm -hmm. when you when you take that subsoil excess of water out of the soil profile it allows space for when you have a two inch rain event it allows space for a lot of that water to soak into the soil and not run off and uh, i would think other than nitrates we all know nitrates go with the water, uh, but phosphates and things mm-hmm. like that don't move with the water. So, and, and, and I'd rather have it percolate through the soil, which is like a filter, right. than rushing off the top. So I actually uh, would argue that probably even tiling benefits us there. There's a uh, colleague that you have um, in the Senate, Senator Larry Lewick, who says that he so believes in the filter power of the soil when you get that water instead of getting it running off, but you get it filtering through the soil into that tile, um, that he would drink that water coming out of that tile just because of the filtration process that happens. We had a tour on, I don't know if you know, Brad Tickison, he was Mm -hmm. the director of the FSA Yep. Under the Trump administration here in North Dakota, he's a he's a good friend. We've known each other for years, and uh, before he ever became the FSA director, there was a tour at his farm. Yeah, and he showed where he had a lift station. Uh, you know, they're a little flatter land than we are, and uh, he actually did that in front of all of us on the tour. <laughs> when it pumped, he grabbed some and drank it. Wow! And, I mean, it's uh, not as bad as what people might think. So we talked a little bit about some of the national regulations and things that farmers have to deal with, having to tile around wetlands, et cetera. But in North Dakota, we've made great progress in our tiling legislation. I think you started, well, the Senate started in 2011, some legislation to get tiling up and going. Is that is that right? Well, I don't remember what year it was. <laughs> I'm getting to that stage in life. I, I've lost track, but I know it was quite a few sessions ago. We wanted to make it more friendly for our producers to do some tiling. 
while still protecting people, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the rights of both the downstream and upstream. You know, I've always felt that the upstream person has a right in enhancing productivity of their of their soil, you know, as long as they're not creating a, a harmful impact to somebody else, you know. Yeah. And on the other hand, I could just as easy be the, easily be the downstream guy as the upstream guy. I think some of the, the rules we had in place made it very difficult to get tiling. I mean, it just... It was pretty much if your neighbor didn't want you to have it, you couldn't have it. Well, <laughs> you know, there had to be some scientific proof, and uh, mm-hmm. we put into place the rules on how to go about applying and being approved for a tiling project. And it's it's um, evolved over each session. There's mm-hmm. always some things that come to light, you know, based on more people doing it. And there's some corrections we have to make now and then, but uh, it's still friendly. I mean, it still allows uh, most anybody to do a tiling project, but they have to go through a few steps with their water board or do some uh, planning Mm -hmm. and and working with their neighbors to be able to do it. I really applaud the way that you have gone about proceeding with the tiling legislation and just the care involved. And I think a lot of it is just education. Um, I think back when you first started, there was a lot of fear that the downstream landowners were going to get flooded by all this this upstream tiling. Um, But that just isn't true because you can see how a properly done tile project actually can can benefit yourself and and all of your neighbors around. I think people have a tendency, and and I have to admit before I really did any studying or educating of my myself on tiling and I, I had that same perception, you know, that it was like surface draining. Right. You know, like instead of digging a ditch it, and draining that wetland, you were going to put a pipe in there and drain it. And in our first project, we had to identify the wetlands. You have to be able to, if they're on your on your FSA map and, and they're identified as a wetland, the only way you could ever tile it is if you mitigate it. In most of our cases, we are not tiling and draining wetlands. We're right. managing the soil we already farm. And I would argue over time, once you create more space in that soil, get rid of some of the excess of water, uh, you probably help with the downstream flooding. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said on that bell curve thing, uh, when you have wa- soil that's totally saturated, the water can't soak in, it's got to go somewhere, it runs off and it comes in a hurry under those scenarios where if you manage that and make some airspace in your soil, uh, you get a two-inch event, there's less likely to be runoff mm-hmm. in, in those situations. And another benefit I would like to point out, and I've I, we've talked about it a lot, my brother, son, and nephew, is I would argue that tiling's beneficial to wildlife hmm. environment, and here's why. Most of the cultivation we do on our farm nowadays is not so much controlling weeds, to a degree it is, but not so much. It's mostly to dry out the soil. Right. And so you're cultivating. uh, That makes it more difficult to do minimum or no-till farming. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have your land tiled, you can get into it earlier. Uh, You don't necessarily need to chisel plow it or or cultivate it to get it to dry out. Uh, You can get into your fields earlier. You can manage them better. The point I'm trying to make, it would afford us the opportunity to leave more residue, which would be beneficial to wildlife waterfall, uh, 
deer, every, right. every species out there. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, wildlife enthusiasts need to hear that. Yeah, uh, there's the very much underspoken wildlife that lives in the soil, too. Right. Uh, when you're doing all of that excessive tillage, etc., just to dry out your soil, what you're doing is you're killing all the little bugs in the soil that, that keep that pore space open so that you can get good filtration and good yeah. root structure Better, and all of that. Uh, you increase your organic matter right. level. Right. But that's hard to do when you when you got a you know no other method to take the excess water out other than to cultivate it and hope it dries out. Exactly. So there's um, two bills in particular this session that uh, you have been working on with other senators. Twenty two oh eight was one bill to look at. Yeah. Um, the water situation across the state. There was some problems with that bill, correct? But it's been turned into a study. It's been turned into a study. It, it was actually going backwards to some degree hmm. where from where you had mentioned where we started, you know, when we were trying to make it more user-friendly. I mean, we want to encourage producers to take a look at tiling as a, a tool they can use right. to improve their Productivity. I mean, as uh, when we produce more, that economically helps our local and state economy. Uh, we want to encourage them, but we want to encourage them to do it right. But now it it looks like a decent piece of legislation that'll look at water management across yeah. the state, right? And and just right. how um, different districts manage water and making sure that there's consistency throughout everything. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, good. Uh, never hurts to do further educating, further studying. Right. Oh, good. And then the exciting tile bill of the year is House Bill 1437. Um, right. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? You know, I know we've heard water boards talking about uh, our local water board saying we don't really have a problem with the 80-acre exemption, but uh, we would wish we could just be notified. So this bill did provide a notification requirement for under 80 acres, but only for those projects which are in an assessed drainage okay. area. So if you're, you know, and I could see why that's important to know where those projects are going, especially if they're going to be discharging their water into an assessed drainage. Right. Um, you know, the water board and the local farmers that, pay the taxes for that, have a right to know mm -hmm. that another, even though it's a smaller project, is going into that assessed drain. So I was fine with that, but we're a rolling landscape and right. uh, we have some potholes and there's times we've done projects that are only 15 or 20 acres and we outlet it into a wetland that, and you know, mm -hmm. provides more water for the wetland uh, initially, but it it's a wetland that's on our property that has absolutely no impact to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Or if it goes into a natural waterway like the one I showed you on the on the map, right. uh, you know, and it's not going into an assessed drain, those are going to continue on as as they always have. We passed it in the Senate. Now it goes back to the House. They will have to approve that, or it has to go to a conference committee if they do not approve it. Okay. And so projects that are over 80 acres, though, require a permit, correct? They do. Okay. And so is there just some streamlining to uh, make well, a pun there? <laughs> is there some streamlining well, without that's going been into done the to details, the permitting process? I got the bill in front of me here. <laughs> without going into too much into the details, it, it maybe is more specific on what you have to do to have a complete application for a okay. permit. Yeah. You know, provides more uh, specific details. 
Okay. You know, uh, like a, a, a map, you know, of the project and, and the particular corridor. You have to provide the names of uh, anyone that's going to be a mile downstream from your outlet. Okay, from the outlet. Yeah. Yep. My way of thinking, it's it's a good part of the bill where um, these projects, you know, are, are not public record. It declares that they're hmm. public record. They're off record uh, only you know the water board and and the owner of the of the property yeah. that uh, keeps some uh, privacy and, yep. and can't be used for public record. Right, eliminate so. maybe some nosiness looking. Yeah. In, looking <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome! I'm excited to see what happens to the bill. And um, you have such vast differences in water across the state. I mean, you have the Red River Valley, where almost every drop of water coming off one of those fields goes straight into one of those assessment drains, and everybody pays taxes on that. And then you have the area where I'm from, and then where you're from, just a little bit west of me, um, where we have the Prairie Pothole region, where there's just not a lot of assessment drains. Right. Right. And a lot of our projects are yeah, in between I, hills. Yeah. I know in visiting with other legislators, uh, former uh, Senator Jim Dodson-Rod, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he over the years had a lot to do with helping formulate these laws that we have now. And uh, and it came to the realization when one time we met, he came to Jamestown and met with me about potential um, bills we could consider and... Um, I know I was just visiting with them, and it dawned on me that our tiling is a lot different than their tiling. Hmm. I mean, they have assessed drains. I don't, I don't know that we have an assessed drain in Stutzman County. I don't think so. Um, you know, most of our projects have been smaller in nature, and they've, you know, you don't tie, pattern tile the whole field. We mm -hmm. have hills that stay dry enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's usually the draws or the areas, you know, like that where we might tile. Yeah. And 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 a lot of it's just simply gone to the edge of our field into a pasture and into a small wetland that's entirely on our property. So yeah. I just don't see where we need to get permission when we're really not impacting anybody. Right, exactly. So, um, Senator Wanzik, tell me just really briefly where you see um, tiling going for North Dakota in the future. Do you think it's headed in a good direction? Do you think we're going to see a lot more happening? What do you, what do you see well, uh, looking I, forward? I think so. I hope anybody listen, listening doesn't think I'm promoting just tile like crazy and <laughs> yeah. not, not even think about it. I mean, we want to do it right. I always believe in doing things right, but I think there's so much potential. Hmm. And we've done enough projects on our farm. We've probably done 13 different tiling projects. And my uh, nephew and my son who farm with us and my brother and I, I mean, they're the future of our farm. You know, they see the benefits and, and uh, having done that many projects and seen the results, we're just totally on board with uh, tiling, but doing it right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think just in our conversation here, just talking about what it does to the soil and even what it does to water quality, yeah. improving that. And um, I think it's really exciting. Yeah. So, And then we also even have um, landlords. Hmm. I mean, we, we own about half our land and then lease right. from some are family out of state that used to farm that live out of state now. And But there's, there's others, no relation. Uh, my son and nephew did some tiling on some land that uh, it was uh, – their landlord, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how old she is, but uh, it was a 
a lady that rents to them, she was kind enough. She saw the benefit in it and, and she paid for it. And we, oh, wow. <laughs> they, told, they told her that they would be willing to pay additional rent hmm. if she would tile. And she said, no, you just keep the rent where it's at and I'll pay for the tiling wow. and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> wow. Know? So awesome. I think they, you know, after you explain a lot of the benefits and, and the things yeah. that it can do, um, she saw that and Improved. decided to do it improve her land on her own, which I was kind of surprised. But we do, we have worked with a couple landlords and done projects and actually have offered, as long as they give us a a long, you know, it's it's an investment that takes maybe Mm -hmm. 10 years to recover. And and I would argue in some cases you could recover in five (laughs) years or less. Well, thank you so much, Senator Wanzik, for chatting with me today and uh, enjoy the rest of the sunny day. And um, I hear there's some guys in your area that are sticking their toes in the field and yeah, seeing what that. I seeing heard how squishy one, it is one farmer I actually heard has seeded some wheat I oh was wow told. I don't know. He did, maybe he's just experimenting yeah. and, um, but I've I have heard that so oh, good deal but it's a pleasure Emery yes. thank you thank uh, you so much I always enjoy talking about agriculture it's been my passion I actually went to school to be a CPA and I worked out <laughs> I in California that. for a while wow. and it was when I was in California that I realized uh, where your true heart yeah, was at. Yeah, my true heart was. Yeah. And then my uncle uh, retired and my dad told me, if you want to come home farm, now's the time. Yeah. So, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. Well, thank you so much and have a good day. Yep. Thank you, Emery. This has been another episode of NDFB Straight Talk. 